platform workers. Uh, thank you for your liberality. Very much appreciated tonight. If you get the victory tonight, shout amen. amen. It's been an incredible revival. Pastor Campbell, I've enjoyed my time. We're sitting on my porch watching the fish jump, drinking some coffee. I'm telling you, that's as Midwest we can get. Hallelujah. But I really love my pastor. Uh, thank God he's come to help us this week. Let's give him a hand as he comes. Thank you, thank you uh, for your generosity and your liberality and uh, encourage you to live for God. I want to minister tonight um, and uh, from Numbers uh, chapter 28, if you would turn there in your Bible. And it's possible to be converted. God's touched you. Uh, he saved you. But you don't understand spiritual dynamics. I wrote a book, Deliverance to Dominion, where a lot of the book was about that. It's possible to be delivered and yet not have dominion. God delivered Israel out of Egypt by his blood, by his power through the Red Sea, but they died in the wilderness because they didn't have dominion. And so I pastor people delivered from drugs, insanity, all kinds of various things, and yet they're still struggling because they don't understand kingdom dynamics. Walk by faith. Well, what does that mean? Filled with the Spirit. And probably the greatest sin of the church is words. I want you to think for a moment. God created with language. He spoke. He said, let there be light. And he spoke again, and there was creation. There was herbs, and there was life, and there was the sea. He spoke, and... Out of his language, there was a creation. And then you're made in God's likeness and image. You create your world with your language, your marriage. You're going to live tomorrow in the creation you're speaking today. If you can grasp that, you're a long way down the road. Marriage is very much about words. And so I want to preach tonight um, a message and try to help you understand this. I want to make a statement to you. It's hard for God to bless what you speak against. It's difficult for God to bless what you're speaking against. Numbers 28 is a very interesting story about a prophet named Balaam and a king named Balak. And it emphasizes what I'm trying to say this evening. I can't hardly see up here. I have a hard time with this light all week. Actually, it's Numbers 23. In verse number five, then the Lord put a word 
in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus you shall speak. Verse 11, again, and 12. Then Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, and look, you have blessed them bountifully. So he answered and said, Must I not take heed to speak what the Lord has put in my mouth? What's in your mouth this evening? What's the Lord put in your mouth? Verse 16. Then the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, Go back to Balak, and thus you shall speak. Father, we come tonight by the blood of Jesus. I pray give these people revelation of these spiritual dynamics. Put weapons, spiritual weapons in their hand that they may do spiritual warfare. I pray tonight, God, I cast down demonic principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. I pray you bind up the brokenhearted, set at liberty those that are bruised. Open prison doors to those who are bound. Heal the sick. May the gospel forever have the, be preached to the poor. This is a great story in the Bible about a spiritual dimension. Balak is the king of Moab. He sees this multitude of humanity coming at him. What he sees is Israel is coming out of Egypt, some million and a half people, and they're aimed at his kingdom. And he says, they're too mighty for me. In other words, how can I defeat them? How can I resist them? How can I, how can I drive them out of my land? And he's fearful. Here's a king, he's fearful. Um, he said, and I'm just throwing some scriptures, he said, they will lick up everything around them. In other words, they had cattle, they had livestock, they had lambs. He said, the grass, the water, everything, they're going to devour the land. Um, and so he said, I'm ruined. As a nation, we're finished. As a kingdom, it's over. How can I resist, let alone conquer this multitude? They, they, they outnumber me massively. Think of this. He's a king. He has an army. He has people. He has influence. He has material. He has so many assets um, and yet he understands something that many times God's people doesn't understand. He understands there's a spiritual dimension that moves beyond talent, a spiritual dimension that's beyond your education. It's beyond personality. It's beyond numbers. It's beyond your strength. In other words, he said, in life's experiences, I'm in a conflict. Maybe you're in a conflict tonight. Listen, you have to understand there's a spiritual dimension that is overruling the affairs of man. We'll look at that. 
It's beyond just two plus two equals four. You ever feel cursed? You ever feel like your, your, your wallet has a hole in it? Your purse, there's no bottom in it. I mean, you just, you, amen. That's, that's what I'm talking about. And so here he is, um, and he says, now listen, there's this, this battle, and it's beyond circumstances. It's beyond wealth. It has, it's beyond position. It's beyond gifting. And right here he says, in Ephesians 6.12, I quote it, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. Uh, in other words, there are these personalities that traffic in the spirit world. You read your Bible, you can find this out. They exercise dominion generational curses, family curses, geographic curses. I preach in Las Vegas. I'm going to be there Monday to a men's discipleship. You go to Las Vegas, as soon as you get off of the plane, ching, 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 ching. I mean, they got slot machines everywhere. You can't go to the restroom. They're, they're in the restroom, these slot machines all over the place. But what's interesting to me, here are these little old ladies from Minneapolis, Little old grandmas, all they've ever done was maybe play bingo. They go to Vegas. They're sitting there on them stools, I mean, for hours. They say if you're going to have a heart attack, the best place in the world to have a heart attack is in a casino in Vegas because they've had so much experience with these old people crashing. I mean, they, they hit the jump. But they go home, they would never gamble. I mean, but in that city, it's like a spirit. It's beyond just the natural. Do you understand this truth? We're talking about principalities and powers that have influence, that control. Sometimes it's hard to recognize. They're invisible to the natural eye. They resist the kingdom of God. They resist God's blessing that would be upon you. They hinder you. They limit you. We wrestle not, he said, it's not just flesh and blood. It's not just people. It's not just person. There's this spiritual world that's involved in the arena of my life. Jesus gives us insight of this, this revelation of the unseen world. There's a woman bent over. She cannot raise herself up. The Bible says 18 years, Luke 13, 12. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And in verse 13, he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. The rulers of the synagogue were upset because he healed on the Sabbath them. And he makes this, what's his response when they begin to ridicule him and confront him? Luke 13, 16, So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loose from her bondage. In other words, when he said her issue was not a medical issue, 
He didn't say scoliosis of the spine. He didn't say degenerative disc. He didn't speak about some injury or accident. He didn't talk. He said, this woman whom Satan has bound for 18 years. He went beyond the natural into the supernatural. Somewhere in your Christian walk, you have to understand this. Somewhere in your walk with God, you got to begin to get a grasp and a revelation of the spirit world that's at work. Spirit of infirmity whom Satan has bound. Is there an area of your life Satan has gained access and bound, limited you, captured you, brought you in bondage, an arena of life. Jesus, I ministered the tomb man at the tomb of Gadarenes. He's a cutter. He's suicidal. He's out of control. Chains couldn't hold him. All of these isolated, living in the tombs. What would the world diagnose him as today? A psychologist. What kind of drugs and treatment would they give him today? How would they describe this man? Schizophrenic, bipolar disorder, psychotic depression. Jesus said, come out of him you unclean spirit. He said, there's a nasty spirit in you that's causing you major, major, major issues. You are contaminated with the spirit. He didn't address all of these other issues. Do you grasp that? Balak, this king in our text, and much of the story, these two or three chapters, He's trying to enlist Balaam, a prophet, to speak words against Israel. Now think of this. Listen to the terminology Balak uses. He uses the terms blessing and cursing. He's trying to employ Balaam to invoke a spiritual dimension against this mighty mass of humanity that's coming at him. He said, Balaam, I want you to curse. I want you by your words to give me an advantage in this conflict. How many times does he use the word blessing or cursing in the next three chapters? 22 times. Numbers 22, 6, therefore, please come at once. Curse this people for me. They are too mighty for me. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. How do you administer a curse or blessing? Language. Words. Twenty-two, sixteen. Please let nothing hinder you from coming to me. Seventeen. For I will certainly honor you greatly. I will do whatever you 
say to me, therefore, please come, curse this people for me. Name your price, Balaam. You want gold, you want silver, you want honor, you want pride, you name it. All just to get a man to speak. Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. See, it's not just true of Balaam. This is true in your world. This is true where you traffic. This is true where you live, where you have influence in your home, family, church, ministry, life. Uh, so what is a curse? It's more than just a wish or a hope. This word is found throughout the Bible, and there's different degrees of cursing. It's a pronouncement. Uh, it's a declaration uh, against someone. It's to invoke or enlist an evil spirit with words. I've ministered a lot in foreign countries, and they immediately know what you're talking about. Across Africa, China, Asia. I mean, I, uh, they immediately. I'm in Malaysia. This man, I was younger then. This was in the late 80s. And he was probably in his 40s. And he was, he was a pastor. He'd come to our church. And all of a sudden, I get a call from him. He's in the hospital. He's lost his mind. He can't move. I mean, he won't eat. It's, it's horrible. And I go to the hospital, and, 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 and we're praying and believing God. Uh, he has children. And he, one, he tells me, one, he said, Pastor, God spoke to me. There's something in my backyard. And the doctors didn't, his wife, he told his wife, we got him up out of that hospital. The doctors are fighting us. No, no, he's going to die. He said, if you take him, he's going to die. We took him home, and God let him out in the backyard, and we took this shovel, and we dug a hole, and here was this box. It had bones. It had hair. It had all kinds. It had broken things in it. And here, and we took that and burned it. Pooh. Now, you explain that to me. I remember in Chandler one time, a number of years ago, praying for this guy. He started levitating. <laughs> I mean, make folks get right when you start seeing that. Folks start running and repenting when they see that. They're standing. They're literally standing on the chairs to see. He said, I want you to speak a curse against these people. Malachi 3.8, will a man rob God? He said, how have we robbed you? What way have we robbed you? And God said, you've robbed me in tithe and offerings. And in verse 9, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. That Now you're, you're limited. Now there's barrenness. There's an absence of fruitfulness and increase. And God, from Malachi to Matthew, God didn't speak for 400 years. He said, you're cursed with a curse. Now it's beyond seasons, and they were farmers pretty much and, and shepherds. Now it's beyond rain. 
it's beyond your knowledge. Now it's beyond your training. Now it's beyond your education and all your skills to make money. Now it, it's, there's something else working. Haggai 1.6, you have so much but bring in little. You eat but you do not have enough. You drink but you are not filled with drink. Uh, you clothe yourself but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages and puts them in a bag with holes in it. You don't want that. God speaks to Adam, Genesis 3.19. After they sinned, he said, Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles in the sweat of your face. Noticed in the text, and I just want to throw this in in passing. Notice in the text. So Balaam comes. God's telling him, no, I don't want you to curse my people. But he wants the money. So he's, he keeps trying to get God to give an okay, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But when he comes to Balak, Balak wants to show him the people of God. He's wanting to look at them and curse them. Numbers 22:41. Balak took Balaam to the high places, and they observed the extent extent of the people and he wouldn't curse he refused to but it's interesting Balaam, Balak didn't give up he took Balaam to another, in other words he got, here's, a, here's a million some people he takes him to another place to observe the people of God listen hell will curse you if he can Numbers 23 13 Balak said to him please come with me to another place from which you may see them. You shall see the other part of them and shall not see them all. Curse them for me from there. I want you to take a look at the outer parts, the fringe, the outskirts, those that are not full in for God, those that hang on the edge. Listen, listen, when you go for God, go with all your heart. Don't try to keep one hand in the world and one hand you know, hoping you're going to heaven because you become a candidate for a curse. Peter was far off, following Jesus far off when he started cursing. Amen. Listen, I'm telling you, spiritual things are powerful. Let me tell you a story about Connie and I. It's, it's your relationship with your pastor is critical. We're in Malaysia. She don't like Malaysia. She don't like the smells. She's tired of eating with chopsticks, driving on the other side of the road, all the craziness stuff. And I mean, if you've ever been a missionary, I mentioned a little bit the other night, it can frustrate you. Nothing works in a lot of countries. You need to thank God you live in America. Let me tell you, some of you military guys know what I'm talking about. You need to thank God you live in America. I'll tell you another story. I'm full of stories tonight. Amen. We rented this, uh, this house from this couple in, uh, in uh, uh, Nairobi, Kenya for probably 20, 25 years. He brought his whole family to America for two months to the U.S. They landed in New York. They saw New York. They went to D.C., Niagara Falls. They started driving cross country. They went to the Grand Canyon. They went to Disneyland. They went to Hollywood. Two months, they're touring the U.S. When I talked to him, you know all he talked about was the roads. He said, I can't believe you can get on a highway in New York.
Lord, and it's four lane. There's no, I listen, I've been in countries, if you were in a Volkswagen, you'd disappear in a pothole. He could not believe that you could get in on a highway and drive to L.A. and drink the water in a hotel. I'm just giving you a little history lesson. But here's Connie. She hates Malaysia. She said, I'm going home. I said, honey, you can't go home. What do you mean you're going home? I mean, here we stood up at Prescott Conference. All these people raised money to send us. I mean, I don't care. I'm going home. I'm pleading with her. I'm speaking with her. I'm quoting scriptures to her. I'm rebuking her in the name of Jesus. It's not working. After two, I had enough. I said, I'm calling Pastor Mitchell. My pastor, he passed away a year ago. And, and I said, I'm calling Pastor Mitchell. She said, call him. I got a couple of things I want to say. Got no Connie. Uh, Connie bad to the bone. Amen. I'm telling you. And she said, I, I got to... So I called Pastor Mitchell. I said, Pastor, he said, yeah, Joe. And I says, hey, I said, Connie said she don't like it here. She's wanting to go home. He said, tell her she can't go home. I said, Pastor Mitchell says you can't go home. She said, okay. <laughs> Listen, to this day, she loves Malaysia. She loves the people of Malaysia. She would go there. She's, she's got some physical issues. Every year, she wants to go back with me to Malaysia. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I've been praying, fasting, rebuking, casting out, casting in, did nothing. He just simply said, tell her she can't come home. That was spiritual. God built a fantastic work there. Pastor, some of you may have been there. Alan and Joanne are there, planted churches across there, planted churches up into Thailand. There wasn't nothing then. We're pioneering. Spiritual. I wonder how many times you're tormented. And it's spiritual. Are you praying about the wrong things? Let me close. I've said all that to bring you here. It's difficult for God to bless what you speak against. What triggered this sermon? I was having a conversation with a pastor couple, Prescott Conference a number of years ago, a pastor couple, him and his wife. And actually, I'm talking to the pastor. His wife's not there. And this guy's experienced. He's built a good work. He has knowledge. He's a good preacher. He has abilities. He's developed. And he's taken this church and it just keeps. And, and I'm talking to him and I says, I'm trying to find out what in the world is wrong here. And I'm talking to him. He said, I'm doing everything that I did in the past, but I don't know what's the problem. I, I can't. And he said, and, and all of this, and finally a thought came to me. And I said, Pastor, what does your wife say about it? He said, she hates the people. She hates the city. She hates the state. She hates the climate. She... And God whispered to me, I can't bless what you speak against. If you get nothing else, get that tonight. It's very difficult for God to bless. 
speak against your marriage. You speak against people, your church, your finances, your ministry, where you're living, your life. Your words are creative. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Your words release a spiritual dimension. In our text, the battle between Balaam is about what he would speak. Now think of this, and, and we'll fill in some of the blanks. Here's God. Who cares what Balaam says? He's God. Who gives a rip what Balaam says? How many know the story of Balaam? I mean, who I mean, you're God. Who cares? Balaam. Balak keeps offering him money. He keeps hoping God's going to change his mind. God said, I don't want you to speak against my people. But he goes, he's on his way to curse the people of God. And what happens? He's riding a donkey. And the donkey falls down. He starts beating the donkey. And the donkey starts talking to him. Now that's pretty intense. I mean, if a donkey starts talking to you, you better listen. And the donkey says, have I ever disobeyed you? And Balaam's talking to him, no. Why are you beating me? And they're having this conversation. <laughs> and then, maybe I ought to read it too, but you can read it on yourself. You know what happened? There's an angel with a drawn sword standing in the path. And he tells Balaam, that donkey saved your life. If you'd have tried to come through here, I was going to take your head from your shoulders. But my thought is, if you're God, why is it so important? You're ready to lift this guy's head off because of some words. Listen, Jesus was the word made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld the glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What kind of words do you speak? You're creating a world. You're, you create a culture. What is the, the language of your home? Your children are going to grow up in a culture of words. And I'm not just talking about Spanish or, or I, I, you know, I'm not talking, I'm talking about a, it's either going to be a culture of blessing and faith and vision and love. And, you know, love has a language. Forgiveness has a language. Grace has a language. But also, every sin has a language. Lust has a language. Amen. Anger has a language. Bitterness has a language. Jealousy has a language. Rebellion has a language. What language do you speak? It's more. It's more than just adjectives, adverbs, nouns and pronouns and sentences. It's a world. A congregation has a language. Do you have a language of redemption? Love. Do you have a language that welcomes people? You know, you can be saved and be mean. I 
Smith said. I passed some folks that cantankerous, mean, because they learned that language at home. They got saved, but they still speak a language they learned at mama's knee or, 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 or papa or at home. He said, I'm going to kill you before I let you speak those words. Now, that's staggering. I wonder how many people in here. You've limited God what you spoke. James, you ever read the book of James? He got a whole chapter almost on the tongue. He said the tongue is the most unruly evil of the whole body. If a man can control his tongue, he can control any other member of his body. He said out of the mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. This ought not to be, brother, and he said. He said, your words, your tongue is, is like a spark in a forest fire. You can say a word. I, I can't tell you. The, the, in the church, the conflicts, the hurt feelings, the pain, because someone said something. What do you speak? What do you speak? at home, to your wife, to your husband, to your children, to yourself. You know, you can't think without words. You know that? You think in language. What's going on up here? Do you speak the word of God? God put a word in Balaam's mouth. Then the Lord put a word Verse 5, I read these. Then the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth. What the Lord says, that must I speak. Can God put a word in your mouth? Let me tell you a story. I'm closing. AJ, I mentioned her the other night, good friend of my wife. She, this black girl from D.C., came in, got saved in 1989. Been through 10 rehab programs. Her brother, John Johnson, was in our church. He kept telling her, listen, sis, come on out, come on out, come out. You know how it is. If you're on the East Coast, Phoenix, especially in those days, like another planet. <laughs> I remember used to, i go in the front, sons, you know, draft day. These guys back, back in this part of the world, they get drafted to Phoenix. You could tell they're disappointed. <laughs> We're excited, you know. They're, but anyway, she came. She got powerfully saved and delivered. She's, I mean, she's, she's, she's a mess. Got a little boy named Nick. Just, just a little guy. Father in prison. Boy's never met his dad. She come to church. She got saved. She needs a job. She needs a place to live. I didn't know this until I heard AJ give her testimony. I didn't, I didn't know this happening. I didn't have a clue about it. She gave her testimony. And she said, Miss Eunice, this, this woman, she's passed away now. Now here's AJ, this young black girl from D.C. Here's Miss Eunice, this old white lady from country Texas. 
listen, there's, there's two or three kinds. There's Texas. You can talk about Houston. You can talk about San Antonio. And then there's Hillbilly, Texas. It, uh, see, they're laughing because they know. They're two different worlds. This, this Miss Eunice, she said, AJ, you need a job. And she said, yeah, Miss Eunice, I got no transportation. I got no driver's license. I got, she said, hey. And she said, I got Nick. She said, I, I'll watch him. I'll watch your boy for you. She's a grandmother. And then she says, I, I, I don't know. She said, listen, I'll help you find a job. I'll take you to work. For nine months, Miss Eunice, in the morning she'd get AJ and young Nick. She'd take AJ to work keep Nick all day, pick her up in the evening, bring her home. Nine months. When Miss Eunice passed away, AJ's weeping. And she's speaking. And she said, the words Miss Eunice spoke to me. She said, I'm out here. It's a whole new world. I got really I got no money I got no gifting but she said she loved me and she spoke these words to me and here I am we're talking it's 1990 I mentioned the other AJ's been with Connie and I AJ Cynthia a number of them they've been with us to India Africa China Dominican Republic, Malaysia. She's wrapped around the world. This, I mean, AJ, I mean, one time I went in the prayer room a couple years ago, and I said, AJ, girl, I said, are, are you sick? You look like you're, you're losing some weight. She said, Pastor, I've been praying and fasting. So I'm a, I'm, I've been pastoring a long time, so I ask questions. Some people fast, you know, cabbage. They don't like cabbage anyway, you know. I said, what kind of fast? She said, water only. I said, how many days? She said, 20 days. I said, girl, you'd be bad. You'd be bad. You'd be bad, girl. You're bad to the bone. And next thing I know, there's hundreds of people fasting and praying. And our church, My point is, Eunice never rapped. She couldn't even sing country, probably. All these places A.J. went, the people she's, I, I remember her giving her testimony in places, high schools and different places around the world. Hundreds and hundreds of kids coming to know me. Eunice never, any of that. But she had some words for a young convert. Words of spirit and life. I help you. I'll watch your boy. And she said, Miss Eunice never charged me. You never know when you invest in people. When you just love people. Bless them. Blessing many times is a word. You listen to them. You never.
never know. They may, who knows what God has hiding in them. A nation, a ministry, converts and who knows. You, you may never see it for yourself, but in them, what do you speak? What do you speak to your wife? She'll live or die, sir, by your words. And so will he. Listen to the words in a marriage. I preached before. I pre. I pioneered church. I preached sermons. Those sermons were so horrible. I hated to hear them myself. I'm sure they just come off and died right there. I couldn't wait for it to get over. And you know how men are. We're we're egos. I, we're driving home, or so I say, Connie, how was it? Well, she didn't want to lie. She'd say, well, I'm sure somebody got something. <laughs> but she encouraged me. She encouraged me. Are you an encourager? Do you see good things in people? Anybody can find the flaws. It's such a critical generation. Social media is blown up. My Lord, do you have any good thing to say? People will live or die by the words you speak. How do you, when people get saved because you give your testimony? Words. You pray with words. You worship tonight with words. You witness with words. You counsel with words. You preach with words. You build your marriage or destroy it with words. I said at the beginning, and I say in the closing, probably the biggest sin of the church is right here. It's language. It's language. change your world Paul said a word of faith which I preach is your, is your mouth filled with words of faith I believe this young lady here God spoke to me tonight I, I didn't know her I, she come up to me she's asking me about the old hot dog stand and, and I said how old are you she said 14 I said dear I want to tell you something hand to God on God on you. I said, I know you're 14, school. Listen, you just live clean. You just stay pure. I said, God will take you places you never imagined. I feel things sometimes on people. God, who knows what God will do through your life? And I tell you that. She gave me that big smile. It was worth it all. Amen. What do you speak to people? hard for God to bless what you speak against. I ask you to bow your head with me this evening.